Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Thanksgiving, folks, and welcome back to WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, November 26, 2020. I am Graham Giason Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well and enjoying your holiday. If you live outside of America, hopefully you're having a great day nonetheless, a great Thursday. Uh, WrestleRant Radio has been on Thursdays for the last four and a half years. I think we were on Fridays for a bit in late 2016, if I'm not mistaken. We went from Tuesdays for several years, for about three years, to Thursdays, to Fridays, Back to Thursdays, and we've been on Thursdays ever since. I sound like TNA Impact Wrestling, but we have been a Thursday Thanksgiving tradition. We've been putting up WrestleRant Radio on Thanksgiving Thursday. I think this might be the fourth consecutive year. If we were on Fridays in 2016, and then Tuesdays before that, 2017, 2018, 2019, and now 2020. So regardless of whether you're celebrating the holiday or not, we're going to be having a stack show as always you fine folks. We're welcoming back Mr. Marceau as he's going to help me break down last Sunday's WWE Survivor Series pay-per-view Raw vs. SmackDown and the final farewell from The Undertaker, or the supposed final farewell. I guess we'll talk about that and whether it is indeed his exit from the company as an active performer. I know we discussed it a couple of weeks ago, but did our thoughts change? Have our thoughts changed in the last couple of weeks? We're going to get to that soon enough with Mr. Marceau. And then right before that, though, I'll be airing my exclusive interview with the current SmackDown Women's Champion, the boss herself and star of The Mandalorian, recent star from The Mandalorian, Sasha Banks. The interview went up last week on my YouTube channel. You can check out the full written article version of the interview right now on Bleacher Report. But we're going to be airing the audio of that interview as a special Thanksgiving treat here on the show today. Talking all things SmackDown, Survivor Series, Asuka, Bailey, Carmella, The Mandalorian, of course, and so much more. Got a lot of great feedback from this interview um, last week on social media, so I appreciate you guys for that, for checking it out. And now you can hear it for yourselves, the exclusive interview with Sasha Banks coming up momentarily. But before we get to that, if you want to support the show, you can check it out on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and Podbean. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show, and never miss an episode every single Thursday. You can find me on the social medias on WrestleRant and Mr. Marceau coming up momentarily at RJ underscore Marceau. But now before we get to any of that, we're going to have on Sasha Banks to talk about all the things I mentioned earlier and so much more. Please welcome my guest at this time, the SmackDown Women's Champion herself, Sasha Banks. Hey, how's it going, Sasha? I'm good. How are you? Doing good, doing good. So with 2020, it's obviously a year that people have been regarding as just being awful, terrible, and obviously for good reason. But for you, Sasha, you've been the Raw Women's Champion this year. You're the current SmackDown Women's Champion, one half of the Tag Team Champions. You were in the Mandalorian last week. What do you credit all of your success in 2022, and do you consider it to be the best year of your career so far? Um, I would have to say yes, because I only think about the future, and I don't want to go back, and mm-hmm. I only think about um, the success of much, much more. So 
Um, I can definitely already say that 2021 will be even better. <laughs> Absolutely. Because every single year, I feel like for me, um, it just keeps on getting better, whether if that's with championships or just uh, the universe uh, teaching me lessons where I'm supposed to grow and receive things for the next year where I can be able to handle it like a boss that I am and mm -hmm. uh, accomplish all my dreams. So I definitely have to say that 2021 has really blessed me and really given me um, a, a great, great, great year, even though this, this, I don't want to say it's, it's awesome because mm -hmm. it has been hard. It has been hard. I'm actually going through a lot of tough times right now, but I always try to think of the most positive things in life and how uh, after everything is said and done, we will always be okay. Everything will be all right. Um, and just always think of the most positive thing. You know, I'm, I'm so thankful for this time. I can only think and hope for the future for more. And in just the last couple of weeks alone, I mean, we talked about 2020, but in the last couple of weeks alone, you win the championship inside Hell in the Cell just three weeks ago. We got Survivor Series this weekend, and The Mandalorian with you in it, uh, season episode three of season two premiered last Friday. So in the last couple of weeks alone, how much of a whirlwind has that been for you? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's been a tornado. <laughs> it's, been, um, it's been a tornado, a hurricane. It's been... I hopped on a roller coaster. I took a bow. I drowned. I got back up. Um, I've done. Uh, I've been in a whirlwind. It's been quite incredible, and it's so crazy what the the course of three weeks can just do in your life. Um, but I had to make sure that I rode this wave and I did not drown um, because I am awesome. And everything just you know you need to take time and breathe and accept that um, you are great and you can do anything. And I know as Mercedes or Sasha Banks, whatever I put my mind to, um, I can make happen. So I'm so thankful to be, you know, the SmackDown Women's Champion to have a successful Hell in a Cell where people are still talking about it and raving about it. And it's just another classic in my my little collection of my wrestling journey. Mm -hmm. um, and now the Star Wars, oh my gosh, like, you know, it's one thing to be part of it. And I, I knew the excitement of, his, of it all. And I was so incredibly nervous. But to see the the reach and to see the success of just the episode alone, that people are just loving it. And it's probably one of the best episodes just ever in the history of television, I think. <laughs> um, it's just so action-packed of just like, bam, in your face. Here we are, Mandalorian. Yep. Um, it's just, it's so awesome. I just, I cannot wait to see what else is going to happen in my life. You know, next is Survivor Series. And, uh, you know, I just hope for so much more. It was a great episode anyway, but I think you being in it was just a nice added touch. You know, I mean, it's a great show regardless, but I think you, it's definitely safe to say we're only three episodes in, but it was the strongest episode of the season so far, and uh, that was super cool to see a part of the show. What has been the feedback, what's been the feedback like so far from the fellow superstars? I know Johnny Gargano is a huge Mandalorian fan. Um, other people on the roster probably watch the show as well. What's been the feedback like from fellow superstars so far? <laughs> um, I got a lot of text messages so far, um, which is people congratulating me and just saying, you know, that they're so happy for me. Um, it's still only been a couple of days, so I haven't really got to see people at work because they just were been like, hey, is this the episode? Is this the week? And I'm like, oh, yes, it is. <laughs> so um, hopefully this week I can hear everybody's response. But so far, everyone's just been really happy for me. And I'm just super, super thankful. Um, I love my WWE family so much. They, it's been nothing but support. I mean, you've probably mentioned this elsewhere in the last couple of days, but the fact that the episode dropped on the exact 15-year anniversary of Eddie Guerrero's passing on Friday, obviously someone you grew up idolizing, a hero of yours, I mean, the timing just was just absolutely perfect. It's, 
it's so crazy. I literally woke up um, with anxiety and like crying and had to take a walk because I just could not believe um, the timing and how before November 13th um, was like a nightmare for me. I hated it. I was like, how dare you universe take away my hero? <laughs> um, and then I turned that day into like a celebration of like wanting to celebrate Eddie Grau every single time. And you know, every t- single time I step into that ring, I want to celebrate him, but to make it a victory day. And now it's such even a more important day in my life of, um, you know, being part of this whole new world of of the star wars world it's it's so incredible and it's something that i just will never forget and i'm just so thankful um because all due to this man eddie grow i i'm i'm living my dream and i've accomplished so much because of uh, how much he inspired me and did doing the mandalorian give you the drive to want to do more acting in the future i mean i already am an actress i i act every single week on friday night smackdown mm-hmm. but um absolutely of course um i got the itch for more i the, the, the crew, the production, just this, the whole value of it all was just so enlightening. And it just, it, it made me just so happy. I just, I can't believe it. I just want more and more and more and more and more. If I can get it, I would love it. So you mentioned before, we've well, had a great 2020 in WWE. It's just been off the charts, obviously, with Mandalorian as well. Just a complete, just compared to last year, the 180, I know you talked about it before, taking some time off after WrestleMania 35. All of it was chronicled in the episode of Chronicle about a year ago, which was just a fantastic piece of business. And you came back completely refreshed, completely reinvented yourself. And you mentioned before how you were burnt out at the time, before you took time off. What's changed for you since WrestleMania 35 that you was that you kind of feel has led to the success that you've accomplished? Um, in 2020 I found myself mm-hmm. um, for so long I was playing Sasha Banks um, and I forgot who Mercedes was and I forgot that Mercedes created Sasha Banks and Mercedes uh, is the one that had that dream of becoming a wrestler and I, I lost that um, so I took that time to refine my love refine my passion refine you know just what I wanted in life and what I wanted to be and inspire to be because I just kept on living in my, my past almost not thinking about my future. Um, so I took the time for me and I really discovered myself. And after I did that, um, it's, it's like the universe has kind of opened so many doors for myself when I realized who Mercedes was. So, mm-hmm. um, it was a beautiful journey and a beautiful lesson. And I'm so thankful for all, all my hardships and all my, uh, you know, my, my past and all those ropes, the, the, rocks in the roads because you know they've guided me and taught me so much and you know I'm, I'm so thankful for that time I got to take off because now I'm like better than ever I feel mm-hmm. amazing so you win the SmackDown Women's Championship in a match that has kind of arguably become a specialty of yours having been in every women's Hell in the Cell match to date um, also with two of them arguably being match of the year candidates the one with Becky last year the Charlotte one being very good as well but specifically the Bailey one that we're coming off from a couple of weeks ago when all is said and done do you see yourself being included on that list of illustrious Hell in a Cell competitors with people like Taker, Triple H, Randy Orton, and people like that? Of course. I am already legendary. <laughs> I am like an active icon. I am I'm just beyond my time. I am once in a lifetime generation. Like my my body of work just speaks alone. Um, there is a reason that my name is just bigger than any title. It's, it's a marquee name. It's a star because of my work. Um, I'm so just thankful because I, I just put in the time and the effort and the, and the skill set of wanting to be the best. So it just shows I'm, I'm one of the greatest. And I think that match with Bailey was so great. And you guys have always had awesome chemistry, obviously, as partners, opponents, whatever. But specifically the story that was told going into that pay-per-view a couple of weeks ago. 
was it important to you be, to be able to tell that story with Bailey the way that you guys wanted it as opposed to, you know, rushing into it, putting on a random show, something like that? Because it obviously with the amount of time that you guys dedicated to it, it felt that much more special to have the big blow off with you becoming women's champion. Um, I mean, it's whatever Vince wants. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> um, but anything he gives me, I want to make and take and make it as like as magical as I can make it. Mm-hmm. You know, I won't just take a storyline and be like, okay, let me just go through it. How can I make it the best? How can I make it the most talked about, the most watched? And as you see, it is. We are the most viewed. We are the highest rating. We are the the greatest match of the night, almost of the year. You know, mm-hmm. I think of the year. I always think my work is the greatest of the year. But, you know, we are the best. Um, so that's definitely not, like, totally up to myself or Vince. You know, like, I have to put in the work. But... Vince is the creator. He has to tell me what he wants, and I'm going to create that magic. Were there any other times in the last five years, or I guess maybe in the last two or years, three, you know, last two or three years specifically, where we almost got Sasha and Bailey, but it was like eh, it's, it's just not the right time for it. Did like was this the absolute perfect time for this feud and match to happen inside Hell in the Cell? I think absolutely. As you can see, um, you guys love the story. I love the story. I think it's always better when. Um, it's something longer lasting that you can just go back. We can go back from years and be like, why, why does she hate her for this? Why does she love her for this? Why, why did this happen? It's not just a two week storyline. You're invested in our story. That comes back from all the way to NXT. Um, Bailey's whole kind of career has always just been, you know, teaming up with me. So it's been a long time coming. And I think Hell in a Cell is just like perfect ways just to finally end things and, or put things to a pause. You never know if we can come back to it. Um, but we create such, a, such magic together, especially during a time where there's no, you know, audience and attendance besides, you know, the Thunderdome. But we, we always have such amazing chemistry and magic because we always kind of always had the same dream. And as well, you've been on SmackDown now for just a little over a year. You were on Raw before that for about, you know, three years from 2016 to 2019. We got Survivor Series coming up this week and you're facing Asuka one-on-one. Is it at a point now where it doesn't really matter what brand you're representing come the show and it's more about just the match itself? Is SmackDown kind of like your new home now having been there for a year? Yeah, no, it matters to me. It matters to me to represent Mm -hmm. SmackDown to the best of my ability because I will put it out there and I will say I think our locker room, the SmackDown Women's Division, is way better than the Raw one. Um, They cannot touch or even compete with us. Asuka cannot even compete with me. She's awesome. She's great. Don't get me wrong. She is amazing, incredible. But they don't hold a candle to me. They don't hold a candle to my locker room. <laughs> we are literally incredible. It's it's so inspiring to see how awesome we are. Um, so it's definitely a, a brand that I want to represent. It's not just I don't want to be selfish and just be, you know, you know, of course, I want the win. But I definitely want to do it for my team because I represent them. And, you know, we represent a whole a whole team. We mm-hmm. are a team and I want to keep on continuing to be a team um, because like, we shouldn't just be one person with being successful. It should be everybody. And you've talked in the past about your fondness for SmackDown growing up, you know, being a blue brand person, you're on SmackDown. Now you have been for the last year. Were there any points because you were on raw for quite a long time for over three years, <laughs> really. Um, was there at any point where you felt disappointed that you weren't moved over to SmackDown earlier than you were? Um, or was it really just kind of more making a matter of the environment that you were a part of on Raw for as long as you were? Yeah, I always thought wherever I was put, I just wanted to be the best. Um, I always wanted people to talk about my name. I always wanted to matter. Um, so that didn't matter if that was Raw, SmackDown, 
be NXT, it could be NXT UK. It's still going to be about Sasha Banks all day. Um, but that was my favorite show. Um, my my favorites were always on that show. So mm-hmm. um, I still, to this day, think SmackDown is better than Raw. I know I don't know if WWE wants me to say that, but I do. <laughs> I think SmackDown is better than Raw. I think the talent is just incredible. So with SmackDown specifically, I mean, you said it right there. Is it better than Raw? I think a lot of people would argue that it is. I mean, I guess it depends on the fan, but it's it's definitely debatable, and it's there's a lot of facts to back that up. Uh, yourself, Bailey in the SmackDown Women's Division, Carmella just came back. So not just with the women, but I think the entire roster has a lot of potential. There's a lot of star power on Friday nights. If you were to recreate... A SmackDown Six, you know, the, what kind of what we got in the early 2000s. Growing up a WWE fan, there was a lot of people. You know, Eddie was a part of it. Um, if you had to recreate a SmackDown Six in 2020 with the current crop of SmackDown competitors, both male and female, including yourself, who else would you put in that category? So it'd be myself, um, Bailey, Roman Reigns. Um, ooh, this is really hard. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Who else do we have on SmackDown? Because you know I only watch myself. <laughs> so um, I would say Bianca, Liv Morgan, okay. and Ruby, All and right. just Roman, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, you talked about, too, NXT and how big of a part of that, you know, that career, that portion of your career was before coming to Raw and SmackDown in the last couple of years. And you guys were able to appear in NXT quite a few times this year as the tag team champions, I think for a one-off last year as well. Was that ever something that was a possibility for you? Like, "Ah, I may want to go back to NXT or is it like, okay, that's in the past. My time is done there. It's more about the main roster at this point. No, because I always just want to have fun and I want to help the future and I want to just kind of, like keep on creating magic. And with having those tag team titles, we wanted to make sure that was represented everywhere. We didn't want it that just to be, you know, raw and, and SmackDown. We we met NXT as well. So that's why we went back there um, to see who wanted to take a bite at that. And, you know, two competitors did, uh, Tika Knox and Shotzi. Um, and they gave us one hell of a match and it was so awesome. And then to come back to face EO, I'm just like, wow, this is so awesome. It doesn't have to be a place where, you know, I just leave a, like a little legacy. Like I just, I want to keep on coming back. I want to keep on creating magic because I think there's so many amazing girls down there. Um, and I don't think like I can wait for them to come up to the main roster. Why not go down there mm-hmm. and create that magic already? And I think the current feud with Carmella is kind of special, too. I don't think prior to this point, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think you guys have ever had a one-on-one match on Raw or SmackDown, on WWE TV. Yeah, so... You know, yeah, even on NXT, we've never yeah. we've never worked with each other. So I'm super excited about that because, um, you know, with this draft that just happened, it brought over a lot of new people and a lot of people that I haven't had matchups with. Um, even, like... Liv Morgan or Bianca or mm-hmm. even Ruby, I've, I've tangled with them a little bit here and there, but it's it's so different now. So I'm so excited to work with people like Carmella and people I have not worked with before because it just it makes me more excited to go to work and it makes my dreams more excited to wake up because I love dreaming about wrestling and I love dreaming about you know, how can I create more magic with these women's where I can give them you know the match of their career where they'd be like, damn, <laughs> she is the best, damn, she is. <laughs> Wow. Wow, 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 wow. I know. I heard it. 
but now I felt it. I understand. Mm-hmm. She's, she's good. <laughs> so with this match coming up with Asuka, I mean, you talk about, you know, opponents you've never faced before and people like Bianca, like Carmella, which are going to make for exciting matches going forward. But with Survivor Series this weekend, Asuka is someone obviously you have a lot of history with from years past, mm-hmm. specifically this past year. Um, you guys have always had great matches. Along with Bailey, which is the obvious answer, I would assume, is Asuka among your favorite opponents in WWE? And what's going to make this match different than all the other matches you guys have had so far in 2020? Oh my gosh, she's definitely one of my favorites. Um, she is just, anytime I can face Asuka, I am just so down because of her style and her creativity and her mindset. Um, I've always been a huge fan of the Joshi style and that was always a big dream of mine to go to Japan and to you know learn that that style so to get to have a little taste of that with her it's so awesome for me because it just makes my little my my little girl heart like get so excited but <laughs> I feel like every time we step into the ring it's never the same match it's never the same style and that's what I really love about her she always changes it up on me um, she always makes me really think on my feet because she is really really speedy and really really technical um, but I also have to remember that so am I. I'm really good at that too. Mm-hmm. So I think our styles really work and mesh really well with each other because she um, is technical. She knows submissions and she can fly as well. Um, but I can do all those things. But um, I am Sasha Banks and I can put that bank statement out of anywhere. <laughs> so I think at Survivor Series, it's just going to be another classic. In the bank for Sasha Banks and Asuka, um, it's going to be another classic where guys and girls are going to watch this match and, and like dissect it and be like, "Whoa, what? What? How the heck did they? Th- that was magic. They are amazing. <laughs> They're incredible." Um, and we are just going to steal the show like we always do because, mm-hmm. hello, you're talking about Sasha Banks and freaking Asuka, two of the greatest women's wrestlers of all time, two of the greatest WWE superstars of all time. You are just talking about. Mm. an instant five-star classic. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, throughout your time in WWE, you've been on the main roster now for over five years. You've been with a company just overall, including NXT, for longer than that. You've been on both ends of the spectrum, face, heel, everything kind of in between. But what we're seeing now from the boss, Sasha Banks, on TV is something totally different than we've ever seen before, which I think is the exciting thing. Is this version of the boss what you kind of always envisioned being on a Raw or a SmackDown, or is it kind of something that kind of came about organically? Um, I think with anything in life, every single day is a new day. Every day I grow and I change. Mm-hmm. I have to boss, but there's always going to be different versions because of the growth of who I, who I am as a person. So for me, it's just who I am now is just saying what I am. I, I'm not afraid to let people know that I'm better than Roman Reigns. I really am. Mm-hmm. Um, I am the the face of SmackDown. I am better than Drew McIntyre. I am. There is facts. It's science. It's the numbers. Um, I am the face of the company. I am the best. Um, and that's just who I am. That's what a legit boss is. I'm coming after almost Vince McMahon. I'm about to be a CEO. Um, <laughs> I'm about to slip into that. I'm about to slip into those meetings because we just have a connection like that. We text about every single week. Um, mm-hmm. And so thank you for Vince. He is the greatest. Thank you, Vince. Um, but I'm, I'm just the best. And that's what I feel like my character, it shouldn't even be a character, it's just me. Um, letting everyone know, like, you know, you can come face me, you come toe to toe, you can come step to in the best, you know, with Sasha Banks. But, you know, I'm here to be the greatest. I'm here to leave a legacy. Um, and I'm just here to make so much history and create change and create magic. I, I already know that I'm doing that right now. So 
that's just what I am. And I'm having fun doing it. And you said it right there. You're better than Roman Reigns. You're better than Drew McIntyre. But if you had to pick, if you had to pick one male superstar from whatever show, it could be Raw, SmackDown, NXT, even 205 Live or NXT UK. Is there any one favorite male superstar you have right now on the active roster, or at least someone that's impressing you at the moment? Mm. Mm -mm -mm. You know, I can't. Who is sticking out to me? Is there anybody that's sticking out to me? It's hard to say. I only watch myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't watch NXT. I don't watch Raw. <laughs> but the only person I do see that gets more time than me is Roman. So I'm uh, I'm not hating on it, but I'm just letting the company know that I need my time as well. So that's who I'm seeing. Um, to me, that's my competition. Um, and that's it. And so far in WWE, what would you consider, at least on the main roster, what would you consider your favorite moment so far on a Raw or a SmackDown? Is it winning the SmackDown Women's Championship? Is it winning the Raw Women's title for the first time? What would you consider your favorite moment so far in the company? Mm, that is probably winning the Raw Women's Championship, my one. Mm-hmm. Um, just that feeling of really having the dream come true. Mm-hmm. It was such a great oh, match. My- yeah. Yeah, it was such an amazing match, you know? Yeah. And it's not a match that like we planned weeks before. It was just that night. It's just that magic. That's the magic that I'm able to create with Charlotte. Um, there's WrestleMania. There's wrestling in Abu Dhabi for the first time. I've had so many incredible experiences with WWE. Um, the Royal Rumble, I have just, there's just too many to pick. I'm just so, so thankful for them all. Mm-hmm. And I'm so lucky just within this five years that I got to say, um, this long list of the career that I've had. It, like, I can say, I, there's not just one moment that I can choose, there's a list. Oh mm-hmm. my God, I'm so lucky. And, you know, so far, I think I speak for a lot of people when I say the current theme song is absolute fire. It's fantastic. You came back with it about a year ago. How often do you keep in contact with your cousin Snoop Dogg? All the time. He, um, when, when I talk about when I took my break and I asked for advice, he gave me the greatest advice ever. Um, he is legit family. He will help me out with anything, anything I need. Um, he is the best and I feel his love every single week. So he is a phone call away. He's a text away. Um, not only is he family, he's a friend and he's just a legend, an icon. And I can only hope to be like him one day, but I'm following my own footsteps. Um, I'm creating my own lane and I'm just doing our family really, really proud. And final question for you, Sasha, do you have a realistic dream opponent for the SmackDown women's championship come WrestleMania 37, someone on the active roster currently? I hate saying one person because in WWE, you never know. You never, never know. And you never know who's going to be in WWE. There can be new people, new faces, people I don't even know. Um, Of course, a dream, a match of mine is against Bayley, of course, at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. She is just, the the magic that we create is just nothing, nothing that I can even explain. Um, But like I said, again, we have the greatest roster of all time. So it can honestly be any of those girls and we would steal the show 100 percent. well we're looking forward to seeing you steal the show this sunday at survivor series should be a great match with oscar thanks so much for the time sasha i appreciate it and best of luck with everything going forward thank you Graham. big thanks to sasha banks once again for the time had a great time chatting with her and as i mentioned earlier you can check out the article version of that interview right now on bleacher report but now we transition into Mr. Marceau time as we talk survivor series sunday from last weekend mr Marceau, how you doing brother happy thanksgiving I'm doing good today, GSM. Getting ready for a little turkey day tomorrow. Is where does Thanksgiving rank for you, Mr. Marceau, among your favorite holidays of the year? 
That's a tough one. Um, I mean, Christmas is the first. If you don't like Christmas as your first, you're a psychopath. <laughs> I'm Halloween first. first. Christmas is second. I literally for me, but that's okay. was about to say. I was literally about to say. I was going to say there's some real weird serial killers that love Halloween first. So <laughs> I figured you'd, you'd go into that list. But no, Christmas definitely one. Um, probably Thanksgiving too. Like, cause like, eh, yeah, I'd go Christmas one, Thanksgiving two. Like, New Year's is, like, kind of cool, but it's, like, eh. I mean, it's not, like, really, like, it's not, like, a whole day thing. It's just basically the midnight shit. Um, I'll say Christmas, my number one, Thanksgiving 2, Halloween, New Year's, and then, like, Easter and shit. No St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day could give two poops. <laughs> my mom's, like, half Irish, and we have, like, yeah, what's it called? Like, corned beef and cabbage. Oh, dude, I can't. I had that 15 years ago, and I shit my pants. Disgusting. I don't even eat it anymore. I just refuse. I go to McDonald's. <laughs> just go to McDonald's instead. Is that what you said? Yeah, thanks. St. Patrick's Day is just my, my once a month McDonald's trip. Oh, for a Shamrock Shake you're talking about? Nope. No. No? Shamrock Shake. No, no. Oh, no way. Just getting the, uh, my normal stuff. That That is ironic because, first of all, I don't like Shamrock Shakes. That's going to get me in trouble with Alexis because she loves those. I don't like those. But that's ironic because people go there for the Shamrock Shakes every single March. That's because they're stupid. <laughs> Bold opinions, hot takes here on WrestleRant Radio as we kick off here on Thanksgiving Thursday. Speaking of which, Mr. Marceau, we've talked a lot in recent weeks about 02, 03, 04, WWE. Um, what are some of your favorite SmackDown Thanksgiving Thursday memories? Because I can recall a lot of food fights from those early 2000 days. Honestly, I have no idea. I mean, really. I the, I don't like, it's just like, I don't remember a lot from then GSM. Like, I remember like the Halloween stuff with Cena, but like, try to think. They didn't do anything with Tori Wilson and Don Marie with Al that They definitely did. They definitely did something. They had to have. They did like, probably like, I think that, you know what they did? I think they did like, like a Thanksgiving, like bikini contest and Tori Wilson was wearing like a fucking dental floss up her ass. Besides that, <laughs> I couldn't tell you. Dental floss up her ass. Keeping it classy on WrestleRant Radio this Thanksgiving. I love it. But we are talking Survivor Series here today. And a little bit of Raw for Monday as we are recording this um, early on Thanksgiving week. But uh, that being said, what were your overall imp- uh, impressions, Mr. Marceau, from the pay-per-view on Sunday? I know you didn't finish it, and we'll get into that because you made a promise last week here on the show. And this is the part where I take what you said last week and insert it right here as a promise as you, you lived up to it with what you did. But what were your overall impressions with the pay-per-view? Well, the show was so-so. I mean, I thought for my interest going in, I think some stuff was good, some stuff was just meh, and then some things made me not watch much of the show. So um, I would say it was like middle-of-the-road show. It wasn't anything great, nothing like amazing, but nothing like terrible. I thought it was like in the road. I thought it was decent for what it was. I thought it was a good show. I thought the wrestling delivered for the most part. Aside from a few matches here and there. We'll get right into it. The dual branded Battle Royal. An absolute waste of time because absolutely nothing was on the line here. Um, they didn't keep track of which brand was in the running before others, which was weird. Um, like Raw was in the lead last year. Or NXT, rather, before they won the whole thing. They didn't keep track this year. Do you think they did that by design so it wasn't a focus before the whole Undertaker thing closed out the show? I guess so. I mean, I didn't think of it. Honestly, I didn't even think of it until you mentioned today that they didn't keep track. Because um, they really didn't make any mention to it all day, so, all night. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it really would have, like, overhyped that, but eh, it doesn't really bother me. Okay. Well, yeah, it didn't really bother me. I just noticed that I'm thinking, okay, they're not taking it as seriously this year. And 
Again, it didn't bother me because nothing was on the line anyway, so it hardly even mattered. But we did have the dual branded Battle Royal, won by none other than... Oh my god, I, I had to remind myself for a second that Miz won. I thought Dominic won. But no, Miz came back in, threw him out. Dominic and Chad Gable got to go at it for a little bit there. It was a decent little Battle Royal. Uh, Rey Mysterio was one of the first people chucked out. John Morrison, I think, was the first one eliminated. Um, Cedric Alexander taking a pretty dumb bump on the apron. But overall, though, any any other thoughts on this Battle Royal, Mr. Marceau, to kick it off? I uh, didn't really watch it. I just saw that bump on Twitter of Cedric taking like a back suplex on the apron. Really dumb, especially in a match that legit means nothing. Um, Miz winning, I, I mean, I, I, I guess that's good. Get some some momentum as Money in the Bank holder, but in reality, I don't even think he was on Raw, so does it really matter at that point? No. No, he actually wasn't. Um, I, This might have been, no joke, like the third maybe match that he's won in the last couple of months. I know he beat Otis at Hell in the Cell, but the guy has not won many matches at all in the last uh, in the last couple of months, actually. On SmackDown, he lost a lot. On Raw, he's lost a lot. The guy's been a perennial loser, even as Mr. Money in the Bank, so... The win didn't really matter for anything, but it was decent for what it was. They kicked off the actual pay-per-view, 5-on-5 traditional men's Survivor Series tag team elimination match. Team Raw consisting of Keith Lee, Sheamus, Braun Strowman, Riddle, and AJ Styles. Clean sweep of SmackDown here, which saw, I think it was, Rollins went down first. He sacrificed himself. Why, we have no idea. We'll get to that in a moment. He was gone first, then Kevin Owens, then King Corbin, then Otis, and Jey Uso was the last one down here. Um, I didn't hate the finish. I mean, I didn't hate the match. I think Raw sweeping SmackDown was odd. Um, I guess they did that just to set up what we saw in Raw the next night. At least there was some sort of follow-up. Because we saw something similar a couple of years ago, and it led nowhere. And I'm pretty sure this happened with Team Raw two years ago, but it wasn't a clean sweep. They came close to a clean sweep, but I don't think it was an entirely clean sweep. Um, So I don't remember the last time that we saw something like that. Maybe ten years ago? I don't remember. Um, but yeah, that being said, I thought the match was fine. Raw wins. I wasn't, and I figured Raw would win. I think that was your prediction as well. Just the layout, I guess, was questionable, but I had more of an issue with the women's one than I did this one personally. Yeah, I thought this was good for what it was. I, I, I do think SmackDown getting clean swept. Just, I just didn't, not that I hate it. I don't even know. Like, it's not that I was, like, pissed about it, but just, like, didn't really make much sense. So basically... It's like, who's Roman going to face next in theory? It's just like, if you face mm-hmm. any of those guys, they just got smoked by five mid-card guys at best from Raw. It just kind of seemed a little bit weird. Like, like the last guy that Roman Reigns had a decent feud with got destroyed in Jey Uso. Um, Seth just like, I guess you could always say Seth because he didn't, he didn't actually lose. I mean, I, I mean, I guess he lost, but he kind of gave up, but he's also a heel, so that doesn't make much sense anyways. But from what it was, it was fine. I just think... Besides Jay Uso, everyone else in SmackDown just I don't know. They just like didn't like I like Kevin Owens. He just doesn't just does nothing for me at this point. He just feels like another guy. He I didn't even, honestly didn't even know he was on the team until they walked out there. Mm-hmm. Otis still a goof. King Corbin, get off my TV, please. <laughs> Jay Uso is good, but Rollins, whatever the fuck that was, was kind of dumb. But yeah, I guess like you said, it's set up for what was going on on Raw. But I mean, Riddle getting a WWE Championship match, like come on, please now. So. <laughs> I get it, I get it, but I just didn't think it made too much sense, but... Yeah, we'll talk about what it led to on Raw the next night um, after we're done with the Survivor Series review, but Rollins, any speculation as to why he may have done what he did on Sunday? Because, I mean, I guess it's his character as a sacrifice, he's a messiah, blah, blah, blah. 
I mean, is this the last time we see Rollins? Is that how he goes out? And if so, why didn't they just fucking replace the guy with Daniel? Like, when Rey Mysterio beat him a couple of weeks ago, why wasn't that for the spot on the team? Or Murphy versus Rollins. Murphy could have been... I mean, maybe... You know, I, I saw this report indicating, oh, they want to give big pushes to Big E and Lars Sullivan, and that's why they weren't on the team, so they don't get pinned. You know, I, I guess, but you could say the same thing about Bianca, and then she was in there for a while. She got counted out. Why couldn't you count out... Lars Sullivan, or count out Big E. I guess they wanted to save that for when Big E came out with New Day, which I'll get to momentarily. I don't know, Daniel Bryan could have been on the team, and he could have gotten pinned. I just feel like the Rollins thing was just a complete waste. Yeah, I mean, I think Becky's due soon, so like it makes sense. I saw reports that they're going to try to like write Rollins off TV sooner rather than later, but I don't know. I, I think they should have had him versus Murphy, like a street fight or no cold bar or something on SmackDown. Winner gets the... The last like gets a spot in Survivor's team. Murphy like basically kills him. They write him off TV for as long as he's out, and then he comes back and kind of continues the Murphy stuff. I don't know. I just it just seemed random. And like you said, if he just is off TV now for like a month or two, like why? Because he got a bro kick in the face. Like there has to be some kind of some kind of like bring it. They have to bring some kind of thing up if he's gone from now on. They're just gonna say, "Oh, he's out for a month." Like mm-hmm. if anything. Adam Pierce should be like, oh, since he gave up on his team, Fox is suspending him for a month. I don't know. Yeah, no, no, like I, I could see that happening. Like, something like that is like they're like writing him off TV because he gave up on the team or something like that. Because it was weird how they had the Fox logos on the back and then they had the USA Network logo on Raw side. That was kind of bizarre. But besides that, I thought, like I said, the match was fine. I just, I think it just didn't give SmackDown a good look that they got swept. Yeah, and they didn't win overall either. I'm thinking, okay, they'll battle back. Because I picked, I picked Raw to win here, but I still saw SmackDown winning overall. I think the only match we got wrong was the women's tag team elimination match. Because we had Banks, Bobby, um, Profits, and Roman going over, except for the women's match. And I know we kind of figured Lana might be the sole survivor. You even said that if she was the sole survivor, you wouldn't watch the rest of the show. Thankfully, it was at the very end. You missed Roman and Drew, aside from obviously catching up on it later on. But, you know, thankfully, I think they did that on... They did that by design, Mr. Marceau, to ensure that you didn't miss the entire pay-per-view. I wish they did it right at the beginning. I could have saved two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, no, I just don't understand. I think the Rollins thing will lead somewhere. Just, I, I, I know he's going away for a while, and I'm perfectly fine with it. Honestly, it might be for the best, because I feel like he's been on TV constantly for the last, uh, God, I don't know, what, two, three years now? And he's been hurt before. He's missed time. Like, obviously, he missed six months about five years ago. He was gone for a little bit before WrestleMania 33. But other than that, the, the guy has been a regular on Raw and now SmackDown forever. So I think him taking some time off, obviously they're not doing it for that reason. He has a baby due with Becky in a couple of weeks, I think. So um, it's for that reason. But I think it's going to be for the best. And I don't know, if you were going to write him out, which they are and they should, I just wish it had been the loss to Murphy. And then he's like in this sort of self-imposed exile thing, and he leaves for a while, and then he comes back on his own terms, as opposed to as opposed to competing on the Survivor Series SmackDown team for a brand that he's been a part of for a fucking month. Maybe it's because he's so loyal to Raw after being there for so long. I don't know. I feel like none of this made any sense. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, I guess. I don't know. Mate, just, it just, I don't know. It was just like one of those WWE things I just like was like, that was just stupid. And that's yeah. kind of like my thought of it. And then, like I said, I just... I like Jey Uso a lot, and, like, he did, not that he, like, beat anyone, he did look, I guess, good in a feat, but they also do, like, well, I don't get, this is, like, they happen in the women's match, too, and it, like, it's so small, but it, like, doesn't make any sense, it's, like, they had one guy left Jey Uso, 
but Raza continuously interfering like it's like they're like they're coming back to save the, like they're up five one, but they're like <laughs> pinfalls and like other guys are like that's something they do in these matches. I just never understood like the team that's winning five one is like doing everything they can to basically cheat to win, and they're just like oh oh well and, like people are, like I don't know like that also bothered me too, but that happened in the women's match as well. Like that like. Yeah. One team will like break up pinfalls, and other teams will just sit there on the sit there on the apron and watch their team get pinned. I've never understood that at all. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I never really thought about it like that, but you're right in that. Um, there was a lot of interference there at the end, and I thought it made for a funnel, you know, a fine funnel, fine f- fun final. There we fucking go. Final stretch there for the final, you know, couple of minutes of the match. But it was. It doesn't make any sense as to why they would be like, oh, we got to team up on Jay. It's like it's it's Jay Uso. Like it's not Brock Lesnar. Like it made no sense. And I, I like Jay. And I'm glad he was the last one in there, but it, it does speak volumes that Jay Uso was the final one in there. And I know, obviously, they did it for a reason, for the Roman thing, for later on. So we had to kind of make up for it by helping Roman in the uh, in the main event later on in the show. But I think it speaks volumes that Kevin Owens is kind of floundering right now. Um, Rollins is going to be taking time off. Corbin has nothing going on. Sullivan has nothing going on. Daniel Bryan appears to be primed for a feud with Roman and Jay. But I don't. I, I feel like. Listen, I really enjoy SmackDown, but I don't want to say it's a perfect show because I feel like there's a lot of people on the show right now. Sullivan, Big E, Owens, Alistair Black, for God's sakes, that are very talented but have nothing going on at the moment. And maybe that'll change soon now that Survivor Series is over. But have you noticed that too? There's a lot of people kind of like spinning their wheels at the moment. That's basically my biggest takeaway from this match: is that SmackDown got swept, and it basically seems like any of their big contenders coming up or guys that are. Upper to middle card, just like literally just look like losers, and like you said, spinning their wheels. Owens is flatter than a plate full of piss at this point. I mean, <laughs> I could give two proofs about this guy. I just like, I like Kevin Owens. I just feel like he's done nothing in this whole year. Besides, since WrestleMania, it's been a steep downturn for him. Um, Otis, I mean, I don't even have to go against Otis. Corbin's is, can they just lose the king shit with Corbin? I mean, I just don't <laughs> care. I liked him way better as Baron Corbin, the whole King stuff. Like, that's why people stopped watching Raw because the stupid dog food with Roman Reigns. Like, or SmackDown. That's what yeah. Raw, that's why SmackDown was, yeah, SmackDown, I mean. That's why SmackDown was unbearable because they were pushing this guy in the main event like he was anything. He stinks. Rollins was taking time off, and he's, like you said, he just got him SmackDown a month ago, so that was kind of ill timing. And then Jey Uso's good. Like you said, I guess it, like, he had to prove himself later on, but, like, Maybe you have him beat a couple of people. Like, like make him, I feel like they should have made him look a little bit stronger. Like, maybe eliminate one or two of the guys from Raw. And then you could have just done Randy versus the three guys that were the last three guys. Like, the three guys that survived for Raw. I don't know. Make him look a little bit better. But, like, getting clean sweet, the guy just looked like a fucking loser. Yeah, I don't know. I, hopefully they address this on SmackDown. But if two years ago was any indication when SmackDown got swept and the whole thing was, oh, it's going to lead somewhere. Let's see where it goes. It led absolutely nowhere. They forgot about it within a week. So I don't really think it was, uh, I don't know, not that it wasn't necessary because it obviously led to what they did on Raw. But I just thought that was weird. So we get the Profits versus New Day, which I thought was actually a very good match. They worked very well together. Very fun match. They had the entire New Day come out beforehand to promote the uh, Gears 5 game, Gears of War 5 game, that has the New Day in it, which is a bizarre combination, but it's pretty cool at the same time. Um, I, I hate the fact they already... I mean, it's not. I know it's not a full-on reunion. They're promoting the video game. But, like, they just had the final farewell. Like, uh, like, uh, like they had their final farewell, like, a month ago, and now they're already back together. Whatever. Um, but I thought the match itself was great. The right team went over, and there really isn't much more to say about it than that, I think. Yeah, I have no issues with uh, the Big E coming out. I mean, it wasn't like he stayed at ringside and helped them at all. It was kind of just like a nice little quick cameo. Plugged the game. I was fine with that. No uh, 
no issues with that. The match itself, I, I really enjoyed, but I think they worked great together. Um, Street Profits, like we said last week, needed to win way more. New Day can lose a thousand matches, and I still think they're going to be popular and over, just because they've been such a big team in the WWE the last couple of years. So, the right team went over. I thought the match was really good. Probably, I mean, yeah, this is probably my favorite match of the night. I didn't get to see the main event, unfortunately, due to unforeseen circumstances. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. This is definitely my favorite match of the night. So, yeah, favorite match of the night right here. Good stuff. What do you think is next for the Profits in terms of uh, who they face in the SmackDown Tag Team Division? Is it a rematch with Rude and Ziggler? Because I was thinking about this. I mean, it doesn't really matter. That division means nothing right now. But they did have that match with Rude and Ziggler, I think, on the season premiere of SmackDown. It ended in, like, a double DQ within, like, 30 seconds, and they never went back to that again. I guess they could do that. I mean, well, they're gonna... there's really nothing else they can do, so... Um, yeah, I guess that's what you can do. There's just no teams. There's just, back to our big goal, even on Raw, like, besides the purpose, there's no team, so. Yeah. It's, like, a big win for the Profits, and it's, like, feeling like they got, like, this big momentum, and they can show, like, they're, like, the big new team, but it's, like, there's no one for them to face, so it doesn't really matter. I don't know. Yeah. I like the Pro- I've actually been turning on the Profits. I mean, they're, like, shtick. Like, the backstage stuff, like, when they're, like, talking and stuff can kind of get annoying sometimes, but, like, in the ring, they've actually growing on me a lot so this is a big win for them I just wish there was something for them to do yeah no I agree I don't know what's going on with Cesaro he wasn't in the battle royal Nakamura was so I don't know what's going on with him and hopefully he's back soon because I think they've, they've done the match before but they worked well together so I wouldn't mind seeing a couple more matches between those two teams over the tag titles because again like you said what else are you going to do um, easily the weakest part of the show Bobby Lashley even more so than the women's match and it, it was fine don't get me wrong but the heel versus heel dynamic didn't really do them any favors. Lashley beating Zami, uh, Sami Zayn, Intercontinental Champion versus United States Champion, beat him pretty decisively here. We didn't have any interference from the Hurt Business, I don't think. They were at ringside. I don't know if they interfered, though. Uh, the match was what it was. Lashley won. I mean, they, they got to start making these titles matter more. I feel like we haven't really seen a lot of title defenses with these guys since, like, September. Yeah, this match was what it was. Uh, the Hurt Business didn't get involved, I don't believe, but, like, Sammy, like, basically Sammy, like, kept, like, distracting himself for no reason, which was kind of silly. Yeah. Like, he just, like, looked, like, what, what are you doing? Like, even though they wouldn't do anything, so. But what it was, it was fine. Uh, Sam, I just, I like Sammy a lot. It's, like, I don't know, just, like, him as the Intercontinental Champion, I don't know. Like, I just feel like, I don't know. I like Bobby a lot, though, so that's mm-hmm. always good. Um, thought he went well here. It's a big win for him. He's he lost on Monday, but I don't know. I think he's they're like the purpose is good and all, and I, I like Sammy. But they just like as champions, just kind of seem like they're just like treading water. It's just they're champions, but it doesn't really mean much because the both both belts really mean diddly at this point. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I don't think it's a Sammy issue or a Bobby issue. I mean, Sammy wasn't really... He won the title out of nowhere originally when he was like a... He literally was a jobber at that point, and then he won the championship out of nowhere. But I think he's coming to the role very well. It's just the fact they haven't had any set feuds for this championship in, in months. I mean, they had... I, I liked Hardy, Styles, and Zayn, and once that ended at Clash of Champions, Zayn has been kind of spinning his wheels, and they, they did a match on TV with him and Apollo, and that ended like within a minute. Um, they have a couple of options, though. He can face Kevin Owens again. He could face Otis. He could face, you know, Big E at some point. There, there's a couple different people he can defend that title against. Rey Mysterio being another one. Dominic even at some point. Um, they have some options. They just, again, maybe it was a Survivor Series thing and they kind of kept it cold, but that's part of the problem with this pay-per-view in that you can't really properly build these matches up. 
because they can't appear on each other's shows, nor should they. So it's a random heel versus heel match that no one really had any, you know, reason to care about. Um, the same could be said for the women's match, but they actually have history, Sasha Banks and Asuka. We know they work well together. Um, they once again did here a very good match, I thought. Sasha beating Asuka as she should have, finally getting that decisive win over Asuka. Granted, it was a, I think it was a small package or a inside cradle. It wasn't like a tap-out victory or anything, but it's better than winning by count-out, which is how she won the title from Asuka over the summer. So, um, yeah, I thought this was really good. The right person won. And that's all about, again, that's it's pretty much all I can say about this match. Yeah, I mean, these girls have great chemistry together. We've seen them wrestle 17 times in a row, so uh, I mean... Maybe, I think 18, actually. 18, okay, so this is the 19th, yep. 19th time they faced off. Good, good match, like I said, they've always they've always had good matches, just since they did it, did a nauseam on, on Raw, like, all year, it just, it was what it was. I mean, Sasha had to win here. Like you said, I think she, like, they kept doing, like, inside cradles, and then Eventually, I think Sasha pinned her at, after one of the the flip flopping around. So for what it was, like they said, they're great, great in the ring. I mean, we've seen the match a thousand times, so it doesn't. Really, I guess it does. I don't know. Like these title title matches don't really mean much because that like nothing. You don't get anything out of it. It's like you're still champion if you lose. You're still champion if you won. You're not really beating anyone decisively. I don't know. It's just I think they just snicks this whole fucking Raw and SmackDown shit. Just go back to the day. Like, 0203, if you're going to have, like, the tag team elimination matches or whatever, just do it in brand. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, heel team versus and a versus face team. Like, mixed heels and face teams from Raw facing mixed heels and face from SmackDown just doesn't has just It's just stupid. I just hate it. It's just dumb. And, again, I, I, I can see the appeal to a certain extent. It's like, oh, you get to see matches we haven't seen before. We literally just saw this, like, three months ago. You know what I mean? Like, And it's also the problem with doing it right after the fucking draft. Because, like, none of these people have any any real allegiance to some of these shows. I think Team SmackDown, Rollins got moved to SmackDown. Owens, or no, actually Team Raw, AJ, Sheamus, Strowman, and Riddle all literally just got drafted from SmackDown. And Keith Lee got drafted from NXT over the summer. So, like, none of them were on Raw six months ago. They have no real allegiance to the show. That's, that's the part that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but, yeah, I thought the match was good. I'm glad Banks won. She has more momentum right now. What do you do with Asuka? Do they do her? In, um, God forbid. I'm going to talk about this on Hashtag. Or I did. This is going up after this uh, after this episode goes up. But uh, do you do Asuka and Lana as, I, again, I, I hate to even say this, as the tag team champions? But what do you do with Asuka? <sighs> I honestly have no idea. I love Asuka. She's been treading water for months now. Since the whole Sasha Bailey stuff, she's literally done nothing. Mm-hmm. She beat Lana in... Three minutes, she beats Zelina Vega. She's kind of had this like a little ongoing feud, I guess, with with Nia and Shayna. Lana, for the love of God, please no. I don't want to see her on my TV as a women's champion, on TV in general, tag team champion, even at catering at this point. I want her outside the building. She is so bad. I saw the video of her crying and crying on the Chronicle, saying mm-hmm. that everyone needs to her and yada yada yada. Hey. She might be a great person. She is just so bad in the ring <laughs> and so unappealing right now that I do not want to see her on my TV. She could yeah. she could feed a thousand people tomorrow for Thanksgiving, and I'd be like, that's such a good thing. But in the ring, on my TV, no thank you. She just, it's, they've treated her, like, the real issue is if they, if they treat her somewhat seriously, even though she sucked in the ring, maybe you could take her a little bit seriously if she just like, had won matches, and he was like, yeah, she kind of sucks, but at least she has some momentum. 
She's been treated as a joke for the last year. All of a sudden, we're supposed to have sympathy for her because she cried on a on a documentary how people are mean to her. She got dropped through a table 20 times. It's like, clearly no one likes you, Lana, because if anyone had actually liked you, they'd come help you out. Instead, they <laughs> yeah. dropped through a table 10 times. It just, I don't know. And she sucks in the ring, so I'm just so out on Lana on my TV, and she's just so unappealing at this point. But this is the thing, dude. I, I actually really enjoyed The Chronicle, and she comes across as a very nice person. I, I very much enjoyed it. It didn't turn me into a Lana fan, but I thought it was well done. She came across well. The problem, dude, is that it doesn't matter. I mean, again, it, it does to a certain extent. She might be a great person. She seems like a genuinely nice person. As a professional wrestler, she is so abysmal, it's not even funny. And she's been here for so long now. Maybe the problem was calling her up with Rusev and not keeping her down in NXT. Because I think the maybe they always thought she would be a manager and they never really had any plans to put her in the ring at some point. I don't know. But anytime I can tell you this right now, anytime she's been in the ring... In the last three and a half years, it has never ended well. I can't remember a single above-average match she's ever had. As a talker, I don't think she's that good unless she's a manager. I just think in this role, heel face tweener, more so as a face, I just don't think she's all that... She's she's just not that endearing. Like It's not like I want to root for her just because she got put through a table. It just makes me say, hey, I feel bad for you, but you're kind of a loser. You know what I mean? Yeah, she. Uh, we might as well just get into it. She was the sole survivor on this show. You said you wouldn't watch the rest of the pay-per-view. You didn't. But the thing about this, dude, is that, okay, we kind of figured she'd be the sole survivor based on how they built it up. The problem with this is how they did it. And I don't want to complain because I know if it was the other... I am complaining, but if they did it the other way and they had her pinned like Bianca, I'd be like, dude, what a fucking joke. But it's not like she pinned anybody. It's not like she attacked Shayna or she attacked Nia. Honestly, when I saw this, I almost laughed because I thought it was funny. I'm like, wow, that, that's that's kind of hilarious. But not in a way where like, oh, I can't wait to see Lana as champion. She came across as a just a moron here because she told she did what she was told and she just so happened to luck into her being the sole survivor. It wasn't anything having to do with skill. So why should I want to cheer for this woman? I mean, the push is just so bizarre to me. Oh my god! I mean, I, I'm gonna get so mad talking about this. Let's, let's just get right into your thoughts in the match, Mister. Just get right in. Let's go over the match first because there was a bunch of stuff in this match I just didn't get. Okay, so first you have fucking Payne Royce beat Bailey cleaner than a sheet. I'm like, <laughs> Wait, okay, was Bailey the first one gone or no? I think she was, right? Who? Wasn't Bailey the first one gone? I think she was. Bailey was the first one. Yeah, she was. Yeah, yeah. nine minutes in. So I'm like, all right, like Payne beat, like hits her with her finish. One, two, three. I'm like, all right, sweet, like. Payne wins right here, like, she'll probably be on the, like, part of the sole surviving team, like, she'll probably be the per- next person to face Oscar, this is great. Two, not even two minutes later, she's tapping out to Natalia. I'm like, alright, that didn't make much sense. Then we go back <laughs> and forth with, like, the quick eliminations, I think Natty went out quick, Lacey got out quick, and then who else is on the SmackDown team? Bianca and... Uh, the Riot Squad. The Riot Squad, yeah, they were still kicking around somewhere in there. Um, so I'm like, okay, and the Bianca's, it's like 3v1 against Bianca, I'm like, alright, she eliminates Baszler, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, right, right. who? Bianca. Bianca eliminated Baszler, yeah, she pinned, oh no, I'm sorry, she she didn't eliminate, Baszler got DQ'd, I'm thinking, did she yeah. pin her? No, she got DQ'd, that's what it was. Yeah, Baszler got DQ'd for no reason, that was just stupid. Then it's her and I are like, just beating the shit out of each other. I'm like, all right, like, hey, this, I, but what I really thought was going to happen, I thought Nia was going to go, like, after her, and she would have moved, and then, like, she would have rolled back in the ring, and then it would have just been her and Lana. 
Like, okay, and then she just beats Lana because Lana's terrible. Instead, <laughs> they both get disqualified, no, double count out. Then it's like, oh, Raw wins because Lana's in there. And then she acts like she did anything. The point that you're saying, and I completely don't like agree, it's like, okay, she's been treated like a loser for the last mo- couple months. She goes to a table every week. No one comes out and saves her, so clearly no one likes her backstage because anyone liked it, they'd come out and save her. Yep. Her team hates her. I mean, it doesn't help that they're all heels, but it wasn't like Mandy and Dana Brooke were, like, saving her every week. They were just laughing in her face, too, and they're baby faces, so they clearly didn't like her. She gets told not to get in the ring, and she doesn't. She stands on the steps the entire match, and luckily, due to the stupid stipulation and what happened, she's the source of power. She comes in the ring, celebrates like she fucking did anything, and now they're like, oh, well, I was a sole survivor. Like, oh, my God. Like, they acted like she pinned, like she just, like, knocked out the whole smack, like, pinned Bailey clean as a sheet. She didn't even do anything. What pinned? It was way more impressive being Bailey. <laughs> yeah. No, two seconds. But it just doesn't make me want to cheer one anymore. It makes me, like, this company's fucking stupid. And her just winning like that just, like, pisses me off. It just does nothing. It's just fucking stupid. Dude, it just doesn't make any sense, and it's supposed to be, like, this big breakout victory, and maybe that's what they're going for here, like, oh, she's lucking into it, but why would I want to see her be the one to challenge for the championship? And they did it the next night on Raw, and the match was over in a minute! Because Shayna and uh, Nia attacked Asuka. It's like, what's even the point? And then they won the tag title. It wasn't a tag title match, it was a non-title match. They beat the tag team champions. I thought the layout of this was just a mess. As an overall match, there were some pretty cool moments. I do want to highlight that. Lacey Evans doing the C4, I think it was to, um... Was it to? I forgot who it was. She did it to somebody. She did the C four to someone. I'm like, holy shit, that was cool. Maybe it was. Oh, it was Bianca. She did it to Bianca. I'm like, wow, that was actually really impressive. And Bianca had a really good performance. But I just feel like if they just gave Bianca the win here, she has more to gain than Lana. I feel like the Lana experiment is such a short term. I can't even say gain because what is to be gained from the Lana experiment? There's no fans there. They're taking advantage of that because they know if Lana, if fans were there, they would have booed Lana. I mean, could you only imagine if this actually took place in front of an in front of an audience? They would have just booed her out of the building because who cares? Yeah, you know I, mean? I just I don't get it. I'm just I'm just so out on the whole Lana thing. I'm sorry. No, I completely agree. I'm I'm way out on it too. I just don't understand what they're going for here. Like she's like I said, it's not like she's good. It's just there's no there's no <sighs> win in this situation. It's a lose lose. You're gonna put her on TV more, which people don't want. She's going to be involved in something that's somewhat important, if that. And it's just like, she already lost to Asuka in, like, minutes. So what's going to change now? Because she's still, like, if she had, I would be more, not that I want this to happen, but at least she'd be more credible if she actually fucking beat someone on SmackDown and actually pinned someone instead of just lumping it, like, just luckily just standing on the, like, the circumstances just made her look like a lucky loser. Instead of her, like, actually beating anyone, she just... yeah. It's fucking stupid. It really was stupid. It comes to the end of the day, it's fucking stupid. And no one wants to cheer Lana because she literally did nothing. And she already lost to Oscar in two minutes. What's going to change now? Nothing. Because she hasn't got any better. She's fucking terrible in the ring. She's terrible on the mic. And she doesn't belong on cable TV. Exactly. I mean, it's just... I don't, is it a case where they're literally just, you know, just killing time until Charlotte comes back so she can beat the crap out of Lana and be, you know, be set up to face Oscar? I mean, honestly, I feel like that's where this is going. Because Lana isn't going to win the title. Hey, speed up Charlotte's return, then, because it needs to happen ASAP. <laughs> Where's Ronda Rousey at? They should call up, uh, hey, they Impact got Jazz back. Why didn't they bring back Jazz for the Raw Women's Division? 
She called Don Marie at this point. Jesus. <laughs> He's better in the ring than Lana. Yeah, I just, I just don't get it. So we will finish off this review strong here. I thought it was a... Uh, you, you stopped watching, but you did catch up on the rest of the show after the fact. Roman and Drew was fantastic. I thought the Taker farewell was great. We'll just combine the two right now. Um, I really did think Roman and Drew was a really, really good match. It started that slow, you know, vast improvement over the WrestleMania 35 match. And we were there, so we, we know this stuff. And there was the fucking wave going on. That match just wasn't all that good. This was a lot better. Drew never tapped out. It was referee stoppage. Um, I, I just thought it was great, and I don't love interference. I know we talk about this a lot. I don't love interference, but it did protect Drew in defeat to set up the need for a rematch down the road, maybe even as soon as WrestleMania. Jay got involved. There was a low blow from Roman. I love that. He's, I love the fact that he's using the guillotine. I think that's fantastic. Um, I, I, I just really, really like this match. I mean, I only saw the finish, so I saw the low blow. And the, you know, <laughs> the finish. So, luckily, I saw it on Twitter. Um, I mean, I, I think Roman winning was the right call. Jay getting involved saves or protects Drew for a little bit. And keep and even though he just had lost the belt, got it back. Um, I probably would have went with more of a, like a disqualification or probably a non-finish in this. I mean, Drew technically he didn't tap out, but he many passed out. So, yeah. um, but no, I mean Roman Roman's definitely the big dog, and uh, Jay had to get his like not comeuppance, but he had to show his work to the to the throne. So. Getting involved, helping out Roman there was was big, and uh, yeah, I mean the Taker stuff was fine. I mean, I, I kind of zipped through it. Um, thought it was kind of the the legends they brought back were kind of weird. I mean, the, I died at the Godwins. Like, oh, these are they were friends with the Undertaker. I'm like, who gives a shit? I forgot. Well, they were part of the backstage crew, the BSK, which I I knew I knew of the BSK. I didn't know they were members of that, but. Yeah, that was funny to see BS kid to see how the Godwins. I'm like, the fuck are the, the Godwins doing there? I didn't get the thing. I didn't get is they come all out. Yep. They show the package. Then just Vince comes out, and they're not. They're gone. No, like, I know. Yeah, I know. And then one thing, if they like stood outside the ring, and then Vince came, and then Undertaker. The Paul Bearer thing was great. I mean, oh god, only, it almost made me shed a tear. <laughs> the only thing I like, I think it was great. Yada yada yada. The only thing I, I just like that should have been done in front of people. I don't know. Like they they like pumped in the crowd noise, but like something like that, like it's not the you same. Hold off and, you hold off until people come. Like I don't know. I just like it was good for what they could do, but I just don't know why they just didn't wait at this point. I understand it's his thirtieth year, and like yeah. they're gonna try to capitalize on that, but I don't know. That's like a moment you want when there's people there. I don't know. No, I know. Well, the thing is with that, again, I completely agree, except for the fact, as you said, it was the exact 30-year anniversary to the day, same event. It just kind of worked out perfectly coming off the last ride dock over the summer. Um, I was fine with that. We don't know when we're going to get fans again, so that's why I'm happy they just did it on Sunday. My thing is, we will get that thing with the fans and the standing ovation and blah, blah, blah. You can always do it at the Hall of Fame. Uh, it may not be next year because I think they're just going to carry over the people from last year's class into this year because we never got that actual ceremony. Um, maybe save it just for 2022. I mean, that's probably what I just do. I, I, that's what I would do personally. Yeah, that's fine with me, I guess. I don't know. I just, like, yeah, like you said, they're going to do it there too, but I don't know. It just, I don't know. I don't no, know. I agree. Well, after watching this, do you feel that this is actually it for Taker? And I know we discussed this already, but you know, after having seen what what's went down on Sunday, I'm, you didn't see the Broken Skull sessions, did you? From Sunday? No. Well, he did mention if Vince needs me, I might be there. 
So that doesn't give me a lot of confidence that this is actually it for the dead man. Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds like this could be a short-lived... Uh, <laughs> See you at WrestleMania, buddy. Oh, God. I hey, pal, know. we got a, we got a favor. We need a favor <laughs> from you. Who? <laughs> we got we to gotta have you Avenger lost to Goldberg. Oh, God. <laughs> please, no. Please, no. <laughs> Why not? It's not going to be 100-degree weather. It's going to be better circumstances. <laughs> no, thank you. Just at this point, it's like... They just need like, all those old dinosaurs need to just retire at this point. I get it. <laughs> it's just like they're just so far out of their prime. It's just like sad. It's like I get it. It's the Undertaker, but like start pushing like make new stars. Tired of like the fucking old dinosaurs like Goldberg and and Undertaker and Triple H and like all those guys coming back and like having just like matches with these random people. Like they usually have matches with people that are already over, so it makes no sense anyways. Yeah. Like, to have them come back at least make new stars out of them like they're just be- like they're facing like Rollins and Reigns and um like Lesnar and stuff it's like you're already facing people already established like put someone over at that point but I'm, I'm just over all the legends they should all just give it up <laughs> I mean it depends what it is I mean I, I consider John Cena a legend I would like to see him come back for more matches personally yeah, that's different, though. He's not 60 years old and with a croak. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think bringing back Cena for the occasional Mania match, if it makes sense, works. Taker should be done. I have no desire, as much as I love the guy, to see Triple H back in the ring for another WrestleMania. I don't think that's necessary. Uh, Brock's a different story, but he's got to work. I mean, he's been working with newer people recently, so I'm kind of okay with that. But I really hope this was it. It just came off, it just came off so well. And I know the WrestleMania 33 thing did, too, and we were there for that. But, I mean, dude, this is... It's gotta be it. Like, it has to be. Until Vince just says, Hey, pal! I can just imagine the phone call now. And the last ride, Chapter 6, the surprise episode. The return match. <laughs> this time it's gonna be in front of fans. Oh, God, please, no. I mean, again, I think the only way he comes back is maybe if they do a rematch with AJ. Because Taker really expressed regret in the po- in the Stone Cold podcast about... um not doing it in front of fans. But he knows his body has beat the shit, and the only reason he would ever come back is out of loyalty to Vince. So I really hope this is it. I think it is it. But I thought it was a great way to close out what I thought was a very solid show. Um, real quickly, before we uh, ride off into the sunset, enjoy our Thanksgiving turkey dinners, Mr. Marceau. From Raw, real quickly, I thought it was a decent show, but obviously the entire focus of the episode was on the WWE Championship picture in determining the next number one contender to the title. Braun was suspended at the start of the show, after attacking um, unnamed official Adam Pierce, we have no idea what his role in the company is aside from just being an official. The guy be he could be a janitor for all we know. Like they have actually yet to specify what his role is in the company, um, in terms of being uh, you know authority wise and whatever. But we saw AJ Styles beat Randy Orton following interference from the Fiend. We saw Matt Riddle, or rather just Riddle, um, beat Sheamus to advance the next week's match. And then, what was the other match? Keith Lee beat Bobby Lashley by DQ to advance to next week's uh, triple threat match. So what were your thoughts on the matches, RJ, as well as uh, next week's triple threat? Who's going over? Who's the next number one contender to the title? Um, I thought the matches were fine. I, th- I, I, really, I thought Sheamus and uh, Matt don't call... Hey, Riddle, don't call me Matt. Um, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was actually a really good match. I actually enjoyed it. I just... Matt Riddle, or Riddle, when I'm calling him Matt Riddle, I don't care. Yeah, just call him Matt, Matt Riddle. Riddle. on the mic and his character just does Zippo for me. Like, like the, like, college bro, like, high as a kite. Like, I just don't give two shits. He, like, would cut some stupid promo before 
and like he did the stupid fire face stuff again. I just there's I just don't care at this point. So mm-hmm. I, I actually kind of want Sheamus to win. So I was a little upset about that, but uh, that was a good match. Bobby and Keith. I I, I mean I think Keith should have gone over there. Bobby has already had his match against Drew. Um, I mean they only did a one off, but I'd rather see Keith in there. He actually has beaten Randy. I don't know if he beat Drew, but that would beat Randy, so he should be in there. Yep. And then AJ winning. I mean, basically, it was just because it seems like they're going to do the Fiend and Randy next, which makes sense. I don't need to see Randy face Drew again. So, for what <laughs> I, was good, I, I don't really know who's going to win. If I was a betting man, I'd say AJ makes the most sense. I mean, he's a heel. I mean, he's got the big bodyguard, maybe get some shenanigans. I mean, the guy doesn't do anything. That's the only thing about the big the big bodyguard. He doesn't even do a stance there. He doesn't even get involved, so that's kind of... Something they should probably help, help. Should probably get involved a little bit more. Maybe help AJ out. But uh, I think AJ won. I mean, I think that makes the most sense. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm fine with any one of them winning. I know Riddle. The promos, I completely agree. Have just been goofy as all hell. They have they haven't ruined the guy, but it's just I don't know if it's his input or the creative team is telling him to say it or Vince or whoever. But he has not come across well lately. But he has been winning. Um, I am looking forward to the match. I, I don't know. I was thinking Keith. Just because I think you could save Drew and a- I feel like this match is going to go down on Raw. I think it's a Raw match, the, the WWE title match that is, and then they'll do Strowman at the pay per view. That's the report right now. I just it's a. But fresh... how, does, how does Braun get the title match if he's suspended? Maybe he. I don't know. I mean, this company does things that doesn't make sense all the time, so I can only imagine. But what I'm what I'm thinking is my guess is Keith. I think Keith wins. And I would have Drew just beat him clean because they never got. They've had what two matches already, and they never had a finish to either one of them. So I, I hate the no contests. I hate the DQs. I know they want to protect Keith, but he's already lost to Braun in five minutes anyway. He can sustain another loss here. I think Keith loses, and then Braun maybe attacks Drew afterward after he's, I don't know, unsuspended. I'm not sure. Um, obviously Braun and Keith have history, and I don't know what the. <laughs> it was the report that Braun was going babyface. Clearly not anymore, unless Adam Pierce is this you know secret heel that I didn't know of. I don't know. I just I think it's it, it's weird, but I think Keith wins, and I think they do Drew and Braun of the pay per view. How they get there though, I have no idea. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I don't know how they get there if Braun's suspended. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he causes havoc and such a WWE thing. He causes havoc, and they're like, if you stop, we'll give you a title match. He just does it, which makes no sense. It's classic <laughs> WWE. It's like the stupid retribution. Was Retribution even on the show on they Monday? They weren't even on the show on Monday. No. Good, good. Less Retribution, the better. I yeah. thought I might have missed them. You thought you might have enjoyed the show more than usual, and that's probably why. Yeah, I, I, my finger must have stopped on the uh, must have stopped <laughs> on the fast-forward button. I, I, I could have sworn I didn't see him, but like I said, maybe maybe I had, had accidentally fast-forwarded it, but... Yeah, I, I just don't know. Like I said, it's such a WWE thing. Like I said, he's suspended, but somehow he'll get the title match at TLC, which makes no sense. Dumb. But, Dumb. Uh, I thought the whole thing, the whole stupid, like, picking a number one contender thing was just, like, the classic 20-minute draw-out Raw segment. It's like, oh, like, give us your claim. Like, wh- what the fuck are they going to tell you? <laughs> and I thought that was so That's dumb. Them also like deserve the title more than anyone else. Why don't they just announce the qualifying matches beforehand? I know they wanted to kill twenty minutes to kick off the show, but they should have done this on social media. There's no reason to draw this out longer than it needs. I mean, probably just the Strowman thing, but I don't. Well, know. they had to get it, so yeah. I mean, I don't know. It made no sense. It was just stupid. It was dumb, but yeah, I enjoyed the show more than usual because of that. It had a set focus. 
Wyatt and Orton looks like where they're going next. Um, I, I mean, I like it because it makes sense, I guess, because Wyatt has history with Orton. But hopefully he wins this time and we don't get a repeat of WrestleMania 33. Completely agree. Completely yep. agree. Match completely sucked. Oh, God. I thought that was one of your favorite WrestleMania matches ever, though. <laughs> that match was deadly. <laughs> Absolute <laughs> dog crap. <laughs> So bad. It was pretty bad. Hopefully, uh, the likely match at TLC is better than that. But that's it, Mr. Marcel. That's all we're talking today. Survivor Series, Raw. I know we're not talking NXT and Dynamite, but they have not yet aired as we speak right now. But we will get back to it next week. And then we got another event to look forward to, Mr. Marcel. We got War Games next weekend. Yay. <laughs> There's so much shit going on right now. But I am actually looking forward to it. I, I am looking forward to War yeah. Games. Should be all right. It feels extremely forced, but uh, oh, it, it absolutely be... is. I think the timing is is just random. Uh, yeah, completely random. It's just like I said. It's like oh, it's November, December time for war games. Yeah, Wee! just silly. Kind of comes out of nowhere. They're putting a car also, together as we speak. Oh, also, next week's win- winter is coming. Winter is coming. Oh, wait a second. Let's make predictions right now. Moxley, Omega, AEW World Championship. Who goes over, Mister Marceau? Kenny Olivier. Yeah, I know. I think so, too. Do you think they do an injury angle to write Moxley off, and that's why they're doing it on December 2nd? Um, I mean, I, I guess. I, I, honestly, I honestly have no <laughs> idea what they're doing it now. I read a report they said because they want to get their ratings up, but, I mean, I think that's kind of stupid. But, uh, I guess, allegedly, Kenny Omega's hurt, too. I guess he has a torn pec, they said. But, oh, my God. How many people are hurt in this company right now? I mean... When you're doing trampoline tricks in the ring, what do you expect's gonna happen? But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'll say, I mean, I think Omega's winning. Like, lol, I think that's a slam dunk. Yep. I don't know what they do. Like, I don't know if they write Moxley off or whatever. But I think Omega wins here. Um, but I will say this: I'm putting it down right now. GSM on record. If Adam Page loses tonight to John Silver, I'm not watching Dynamite next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we are recording this beforehand, so we'll get a better idea by the time this goes up. But I, I will, I will keep you to that. And John Silva's very entertaining, but he has no business beating Adam Page. Zero. If he loses tonight, I will stop watching Dynamite. I will not watch the rest of it, and I'm not watching next week. <laughs> duly noted, duly noted, Mr. Marcel. But we will talk Omega and uh, Moxley for the AEW World Championship next week here on the show. Winter is indeed coming. This is the final show of November. Christmas countdown has begun. You got the tree up yet, or are you waiting for another couple days? Oh, our tree's already up. Tree's already up since when? Uh, I think we're on Monday, I think. Okay, that, that's that's acceptable. I, I, I did say in hashtag last week, I think it's completely okay to start putting your shit up now, but you probably do that every year anyway. Yeah, usually right after, usually do after Thanksgiving, but this year just do it up a little early. Ah, okay, Mr. Marceau's ringing in the season early. I love it. Uh, people can find you on the Twitter machine, Mr. Marceau, at RG underscore Marceau, myself at WrestleRant. New episodes of the show every single Thursday iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Google Play. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. Next week we are previewing TakeOver War Games 4 and reviewing Moxley and Omega and anything else that's going on in the world of wrestling between Raw and NXT Dynamite. And maybe Ric Flair gets a fifth divorce or something by then. Who knows? <laughs> that guy, anything's possible. <laughs> A lot to break down next week here on the show, Mr. Marceau. Enjoy your Thanksgiving first and foremost. If Buddy Murphy comes by with Aaliyah, be sure to uh, keep them outside. I can't wait. I, I would love to have Thanksgiving with the Mysterio family. <laughs> I love that picture that you texted uh, Alexis and I last Friday after Murphy beat Murphy, or Murphy beat Rollins, and then you <laughs> do the stick figure of yourself with the Mysterio family. You just want to be there so bad. 
Oh, I'd love to be like their little gym and son. <laughs> That's the next storyline. You're the honorary member of the Mysterio family. I, I, you need to see it. You love to see it. Oh, I need to see it. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, Mr. Marcel. I'll talk to you soon. You too. Adios.